Blitz is defined as a sudden savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation, man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts, lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong because we are in game week. It is time for Texas to get the 2019 season going, and we will break it down on this edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well. Yourself? Rocking that DBU hat from our yes. friends at Last Stand nice Hats. Nice Looks nice on you, Matt. Mm-hmm. I got to say thank that. you for free DBU hat. Yeah, laststandhats.com. Mike and everybody over there will take care of you for all your needs. I know yeah. they're planning to be out of tailgates. And actually, Mike's got a really sweet deal. If you get over to Horns 24-7 and go to the flagship message board, uh, Mike has a little contest doing some giveaways on the site. So oh. he'll be doing that. Last day nice. we be doing that throughout the season of Horns 24-7. I like so, that. Mm-hmm. Uh, be sure to uh, check that out. Uh, a man who, uh, he's not wearing the last stand hat today, but he does rock the last stand hat whenever oh. he can. Mike, did, Mike didn't believe me. He's like, man, Rod loves that DBU hat. I'm telling you, you give Rod a free hat, he will wear it. Yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. wear it all the time. And I like it so much, I actually bought another one, but I don't wear that one because I don't want to wear it out. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-America 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL when he was done with football. Got himself back to Austin, Texas in the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that T-ring comes in, whenever it's in his possession, I promise I will make sure he wears it proudly. <laughs> Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU, and when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, you get that black card. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brother, Rod, as, as always. A, as a lifetime Longhorn uh, game week, does it always get the – I know different times of year it hits you different ways, like Very true. You know, early August at two-a-days, yeah. like early morning kind of coolish breeze hits you. you and then that, so You get that Jones. And yeah, you Jones summer and workouts and bowl season. But yeah. what is game week like for you as a, as a lifetime Longhorn that once wore the burnt orange? It's still pretty much the same because I still take these deep dives where I'm doing a lot of research on the opponent. So I still have – I still can, you know, you watch. Sort of, it's not the same, but it's you not have the a same, tiny bit it, of you know a little I mean? preparation. I, I can still have a little bit of that, but that's about it now. I'm so far <laughs> removed from it that unless I'm close to the field, and I don't do that very often because I don't like the, I don't like the way it makes me feel to be that close to the game without being able to play it. I'm way too hyped up. I'm sweating. My mm-hmm. heart's beating. I'm all, I'm all excited and hyped. I'm ready. Like I definitely could see how. Remember Max's uh, stepson. Yeah. Chris Jesse, who who like grabbed that the ball, like the ball. two thousand seven <laughs> holiday bowl. The, yeah, the sideline, dude. If you you yeah. really can get like caught up in it, and <laughs> and I, I don't want to be that guy get caught up in it and do something stupid so. like Woody Hayes. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. I can see myself really doing something like that. Rod, you mentioned doing deep dives. Why do I feel like with the way the last two openers have gone, like I've done an inordinate amount of prep on Louisiana Tech. I have to like actually. Way more than I should. Yeah, and I'm actually still doing some more. I'm finding some nice little nuggets and actually starting to watch you know, a little bit more film just to see some of these guys in action. I don't know. Maybe I'm just freaking out. Maybe I'm with you. Maybe I'm paranoid and anxious just because we've lost the last two openers. But I'm thinking that Louisiana Tech isn't as bad as I initially thought they were going to be. Like they do have more talent than I initially thought, even though last year, obviously, the rankings don't really reflect that. Defensively last year, they weren't bad. Defensively, yeah. they were, uh, you know, I, I would say well above average. Mm-hmm. Offensively, they took a precipitous drop. I yeah, mean, their offensive line last year was not very good. Exactly. But they return a lot on offense, but doesn't matter if it wasn't performing at a really high level anyway. Right. So we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get into Louisiana Tech. I want to start with Texas and kind of some of the the newsy items coming out of Tom Herman's Monday press conference. Texas back on the practice field on Tuesday. He's Tom Herman's expecting Keontae Ingram, Zach Shackelford, pretty much all of the injured guys that have dealt with issues throughout camp to be back full go on Tuesday. Rod, we've spent a ton of time on the show the last few weeks talking about that running back position. Man. 
We spent a lot of time writing about it at Horns 24-7. Every media member that covers Texas spent a lot of time talking about running back. Mm-hmm. You really are in a position now, especially with Tom Herman kind of confirming our reports and the reports of others that Roshan Johnson effectively is now your number three he's tailback. Your back. He's your third tailback. He's uh, an emergency back. No, he's not an emergency he's, back. He's a third tailback. Emergency back would be somebody behind the third tailback. And just telling he's only using Sorry. emergency because we only have two guys. Go ahead. But, but you've got okay, Keonta Ingram and Jordan Whittington in green non-contact jerseys. And you know we'd heard that Jordan Whittington had some kind of groin type issue. Yeah. It just seems like... Rod, I don't know. I've I've had a hernia surgery. I've never had the sports hernia because you can tell by looking at I, me I'm not that athletic. Yeah. But I don't know. Is that something that probably he's just going to need to deal with and maybe get fixed in the off season? Like mm, that's I don't a know. good question because it's it's from high school, right? Yeah. It it's, sounds like for the did way he have it bef- was it something that was an injury or was it a pro- procedure done? What it, what was it, it? My understanding is it was a sports hernia procedure. Okay, so it was a procedure. Okay, there you yeah. go. Uh, I do know that Texas sent him to because you know the guys at Texas that have had sports hernia surgeries. They sent him to the guy in Philadelphia. I don't know mm-hmm. the doctor's name, but he's apparently like what yeah. Doctor James Expert. Andrews is to the ACL. This guy <laughs> is to sports hernias. Hey man, I want um, the best when it comes to that area. Right. So, <laughs> so apparent, but apparently Jordan Whittington got checked out in Philly, and apparently everything's okay. Okay. So yeah. by just the way Tom Herman worded it, it sounds like it's just something that he's going to have to kind of manage and just deal with yeah. until maybe until they can go with. Until he has an off season to let everything uh, may, Yeah, maybe they go back and look at it in the winter. I don't know. But Rod, the bottom line is you're down to two tailbacks. You guys know me. I'm I'm on that Danny Young train. I'm the conductor of that thing, blowing the whistle. Oh, man, I would and, love to have Danny Young right now. I'd, and, be, I'd be so happy if Danny Young was healthy right now. I'd be on that bandwagon with you. And it's a shame, Rod, because <laughs> a lot of people got behind him with his comments. Texas fans did anyway with his comments about why he didn't transfer and wanted to stick it out and wanted to help Texas yep. win. Yeah. And then he gets what Texas rules a significant high ankle sprain. You're looking at having him and Kirk Johnson out at least probably till the start of weeks. Big 12 play. Yeah. So weeks. you're going to have to get through LSU, Louisiana Tech, LSU, Rice, Oklahoma State, and maybe that bye week before you think about getting either Any, one of those two of those back. back. And then we assume they got to work their way back. It's just going to be, I mean, they're coming off of, you know, severe injuries. So you still got to yeah. work their way back into yeah. shape and all that kind of stuff. Structural so, injuries, not just a hand yeah, injury. Or exactly. Something. It didn't make sure the strength is back there. They're not confident enough to, you know, make moves on it and break Cut. on it and all that kind of stuff. Here's my issue. Here's my issue. Okay. So Rashawn Johnson loved that, by the way. And let me just say this. Tom, Tom Herman, I do think, is trying to – He's trying to look out for his players, and he's, he's, he did the same thing with Gerard Hurd. This is history repeating itself. Yeah. All right? He did the same thing with Gerard Hurd. Spring 2017, he says, oh, no, no, Gerard Hurd is a wide receiver. And everybody goes, well, I think, I think you know, he would, he'd be better served as a third-string quarterback than a wide receiver. Right now, he's like their fifth-best wide receiver. Right. Hey, third-best quarterback right now is more important for Texas because we had just watched Texas since 2011 need at least two quarterbacks every year. And by the way, that has not changed. And Tom I mean, Herman's track record suggests he's going to need at least two to get through the year. Yep. He's done, since he's been an offensive coordinator, right, last 10 seasons, he's been <laughs> had, two had, to, had to go win a national championship using three. Using three. So, you know, we're, you know, we're obviously pounding, you know, pounding the pavement about that. And first game of the season, what happens? Shane Bouchel deals with an injury, all right? And then uh, Sam Ellinger ends up starting, Shane's recovering, and then Sam deals with an injury. Mm-hmm. And literally, he, he decides, I got to move I got to move Gerard Hurd back from wide receiver and start practicing that quarterback. And, you know, it's one of those things where, okay, I'm glad you, you know, saw it, but, man, that's something you could have saw, you know, four or five steps ahead. Like, why, did, why do we spring need— ball. You could have seen that. Right? I mean, honestly, I, I think you could have studied Texas football for two or three years in the past and go, yeah, yeah, you're going to need three mm-hmm. legitimate starting quarterbacks. So now you took Rashawn Johnson from the third-string quarterback when you have Sam Ellinger, who hasn't made it through an entire football season yet as a Longhorn, and has only made it through one in the last four years. So we all know you're probably going to need your backup, knocking on some wood. But if you need your backup, you definitely need a third-string because yeah. something can happen to the backup. Yeah. So now you got only two scholarship quarterbacks, which is fine. Okay, that's cool. But now you only got two scholarship running backs. You put the third-string quarterback at running back instead of moving Jake Smith there and then make Rashawn Johnson the fourth-string emergency guy but also still practicing quarterback. You get me? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't understand why 
Because this is the same thing he did with Gerard Hurd. He's doing with Jake Smith. Yeah. No, no, no. Got to keep him at Washington. He's like, no, you're going to end up moving him there. You're going to end up moving him there, and it's going to take Keontae Ingram going down in the first or the second game, knock on wood, or Jordan Whittington hitting the freshman wall too early for you to do it. And I don't understand why. And I know he's – I got I to I be loyal to the players. It's unfair to them. Life is not fair. If you're teaching your kids that, you're doing them a disservice. I don't – this is – this is a necessity. Your team needs three running backs. What happens when you get up in a game? Let's assume you get up in a game. You're blowing Louis and Tech out, killing them. Boom. You really want Jordan Whittington and Keontae Ingram taking trash carries? No, let Mason you want, let, you really want, let you Mason want, Ramirez want the walk-on get some Thank carries. You, you got a walk-on hurt now, too. You're one your walk-on running back. Two of, two of your walk-on running back. Jer- <laughs> Remember, Jaron Watkins had the, uh, had the neck deal. So my thing is, you can't even give it to the walk-on running back until you're running out of and bodies and there. Jared Smith yeah. has a well, and I, <laughs> My point is, Jake Smith at third-string running back, to me, would get some of those, I'm calling them trash carries, but more irrelevant carries. You know what I mean? Late in the game, mop-up duty carries. Because you can't risk Sam Keontae or Jordan Whittington getting carries that don't or aren't absolutely necessary now. Agreed fully. Like, if you get to the point that you have garbage time, you shouldn't have Whittington or Ingram on the field. But I also don't think that he necessarily means he will do that. It might just be the situation where we're taking too literally his description of what they are. Because I agree fully. You need to have a third running back and a third quarterback, and depending on the same person, to be one or the other and now isn't even training at it. That's that's really tough. So at that point, it's almost as if... If you're too overconfident in Sam not getting hurt, and that's something that we said on this show that you know that you got to expect to have at least two quarterbacks, but we've learned three and the same thing at running back with three to where hopefully hopefully Texas gets in this situation because it means that they're blowing them out, and then you can exactly. see if maybe a walk-on is inserted because that is an emergency situation. Throw those guys out there. If they're out there running their head against a wall in the fourth quarter and then you have LSU coming, you're really playing with fire at that situation because you're so thin across the board where where you're at right now rod this is such a unique situation that you're really at the argo level of planning like what's the best bad idea we have to to fill out the depth chart i'll say this about the jake smith thing though i think there's enough and this goes back to something we talked about all offseason that like jake smith is the perfect h receiver that tom Herman wants in this offense agreed i think there's enough you can do with that h position as weird as it sounds like you can almost take him in that H role and just move work him at running back without him having to learn running back. In other words, he can know enough at H Agreed. to get you through a game. Agreed. So, Matt, you, I don't want to put words in your mouth. It sounds kind of like that's what you're saying. That like, let's not hold Tom Herman legitimately strictly to his word. I do think if they need to get Jake Smith some carries – there's a way to doing that without having him learn two positions. Yeah, because he says yeah. in case emergency would mean that, like, okay, in actual good close game situation, you know, these are our only two guys. And if we're talking garbage time, he may actually be the time that you're throwing those guys out there that are somebody that isn't familiar with a position like, say, Smith or a walk-on because, yeah, that'd be playing with fire if you are running just, one of those guys I'm out there. going off what the coach well, said. And that's the main thing. Right, that no, waiting to know what he said. Yeah. said the same thing about Gerard Hurd and I disagreed with him and and obviously I think I respect coach and I think he's really smart so I'm sure he's got knowledge that I don't have well I know he does but to me this is like a problem I, I can see like Black Stradamus it can see it coming it's just training camp dude you've had three yeah. running backs go down actually four two walk-ons and then you had Jeez. Kirk Johnson and Daniel Young like your running backs have they made it through a camp dude and you're like oh, we're good with just two two <laughs> you lost four <laughs> I don't get it I don't I don't get it, but I, I'm telling you, I, I will be very happy if I'm wrong. But I'm telling you, like that Gerard Hurd thing, history tells me I'm not going to be wrong. Well, no, I you think gotta, you can be think about right. the running backs you have now. You got a true sophomore, Keontae Ingram, who hasn't made it through camp without getting nicked up. Yep. And you got a true freshman you just moved from being an offensive savant who's going to hit a freshman wall like every freshman does. Caden Stearns hit it. Sam Ellinger hit it. So what happens when he hits a freshman wall? What happens when that happens? Like, what do you do? You still need a third running back. You still don't need one. You say, oh, Daniel Young's going to come back, and then um, Kirk Johnson will come back. Well, Kirk Johnson ain't really been able to make it on the field right. ever. Yeah. And Daniel Young, you just so you're just going to hope and pray that Daniel Young makes it? You don't mean, I, I don't get why you don't have the contingency plan, which is simple. Jake Smith, third string running back, done. Half the time he can practice a wide receiver. Who cares? But he, you need a third running back. You need one. 
You need one. Yeah. Like, it's not. Well, but I, that's I what Roshan get, Johnson was, is. It's just he's, he's, he's way down there. Guy. Well, no, my, my, he said what he's I, glass in true, case of emergency. No, I agree. Guy. I heard that, that, too. that yeah, So yeah. I don't want – let him continue to be that and let him work third-string quarterback, which you also are going to need. But yeah. let Jake Smith be your third running back, and then you still got all the options open. Right now you are limiting options, which I don't understand. What, I, what, I, would, what I would do, what I think, you know – if you look at what a because like, like I said right now you're down to what's the best bad idea you have. He has Roshan Johnson Texas. at three. Honestly, on what both I would have done, I would have taken Jordan Pouncey and moved Jordan Pouncey to running back because Jordan Pouncey right now, as you even if he's your emergency guy, Jordan Pouncey's more valuable as your emergency running back than he is as your number three H receiver. I, I'm not opposed to that. I'm just saying more. It seems like he it seems like he's limiting options when you should just be giving yourself more options. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Agreed. I I agree with you. He about. may just feel also that Roshan is better fit than those guys for this week at that spot, Could but be. also at quarterback for this week at that Could spot. Be. Well, I hope it's I hope it's a much ado about nothing. Yeah. And, and it could, I mean, look. Or it could derail the entire effing <laughs> season. Okay? So, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. my point is, okay. Do you, mean, you understand that? No, he's that? gambling. Like, and he's gambling it's a, that it's a gamble. Sam so gets you, healthy. Is healthy. And that's because a, that's then a hell of a gamble. True. That's a hell of a gamble to take when you know against LSU you're going to run them 25 times. Yep. Yeah. Because against Georgia, you took them 21 times. Against Oklahoma, the first time, took him 19 times. You're going to need Bam Bam Sam to run it. And we know in the big games, you're going to release Bam Bam Sam or unleash him. So in the other games, when you don't want to expose Bam Bam Sam, who needs to carry the running game? The running backs. Right now, right. they're dropping like flies. Yeah. That's my point. I hope I'm wrong, and I hope it, I'm no, making no, I think we're I'm all the bunch of really. nothing. Even he said it was like a high alert situation, and still it's like, well, it didn't seem like we're addressing it as a high alert situation. It seems like it's like, it's high alert. Let's hope and pray. So. You could maybe get Kirk Johnson back by the Oklahoma State game. Maybe the Rice game. Man, still, bro, he's and hopes and dreams that, and prayers. I'm just looking at the calendar and counting weeks and figuring out like when he can return. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, like, why, I don't want to. If I am a coach, I you have to assume the worst is going to happen. Yeah. You have to plan on it. That's your job. Your job is to plan for the worst and assume it's going to happen. Can you plan on losing four running backs in one camp? You need to. <laughs> well, now they're dropping like flies. So why now are you going to go on the faith that they're going to get God's going to get healthy and that everything is going to be okay and everybody's going to end up rounding in the form when the season hasn't even started? They haven't even started taking punishment yet. Yeah. True. You know what I mean? like, but yeah. still, this also, is our guys hitting them. So imagine what happens yeah, when the no, other team starts hitting. I, I don't. I I, I, I hear you, right? I, am, I don't know. I, I hear you. I, I just I, I watched it happen to in the Gerardo service. I remember yelling the same exact. Go yeah. get the damn podcast from exactly this time in 2017 when it came, and I had the same rant. And I said, I'm telling you, it's going to come to pass. All right, You're, the lack of vision is going to hurt him, and it hurt him. And I don't know. I this could be the again. case. All right, it is time for our first break on this week's show. But on the other side, there is plenty of more Texas football talk as we get you ready for the Longhorns kicking off the 2019 season against Louisiana Tech. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Once again, Jeff Howe. Let's get back to Texas, and I want to do some season prediction type stuff as we start Ooh. to kind of head down a stretch here before we get into Louisiana Tech prep All right. uh, and talking about the Bulldogs. Rod, just from a big picture standpoint, I've been asked for like season predictions, and I was on uh, with on CBS Austin with Jeff Barker doing their Sunday sports show, and I knew they were going to ask predictions, so I really started to think about it. Like, you know, we usually do the schedule game here, but there's just time didn't allow for it this year, but. Um, I started thinking, okay, like, what do I really think? Like, and I'm trying to think of like what the ceiling is for this team. Where's the floor and where's the ceiling? Where do you set the bar? Mm -hmm. And to me, where I set the bar, and I've said this, you know, going back to spring ball, the bar for me is get back to the Big 12 championship game, Mm -hmm. which if you do that, you're at nine or 10 regular season wins and you've got a chance to go win you a conference championship. Get back to Arlington. That anything less than that, if Texas does less than that, then it was a disappointing season. They don't at least get back to the Big 12 championship game. In terms of beyond that, I still think this roster is a year away from where you can really look at it and say, yes, there's no question in my mind they are a college football playoff contender. I totally I'm not saying they can't get there this year, yeah. but I think it's a year away before you can say, okay, like if the game, if the Texas LSU game were in Baton Rouge this year, 
there's no way I'm picking Texas to win that game. But the game next year, I'll think about it because looking at how different LSU's roster is going to be yeah. from what they could lose and how different the Texas roster is going to be from some of these younger guys getting to grow up a year, that I give Texas a much better chance to win that game next year. Yeah. Aligned well for Texas in both cases. So thinking about it, Rod, we'll just go just kind of some season predictions mm-hmm. from here. I think Texas goes 10-2 and in the regular season. I think they lose the LSU game, given, given what I just said. I think they lose the LSU game because my reason for picking LSU is I don't think Texas, I don't know if they're going to be ready to play with the kind of mass all, all in the defensive front, linebackers and linemen, that early in the season play with the kind of mass they're going to need to go mash with LSU for four quarters. Okay. I don't know if that, that that part of the defense is going to be ready for that type of challenge that early. Yeah. I think one of those road games, whether TCU gets quarterback figured out, whether Iowa State figures out how to replace David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler, or Baylor makes that upward trend that me and some other folks think at some point they're going to really make under Matt Rule. And I think you know the penultimate game of the regular season is probably a time where they're if they're going to hit make that trend upward. That's probably the time they're doing it. Yeah, I think one of those three road games is a loss. So I think Texas is ten and two. They beat Oklahoma in the regular season. Get back to the Big Twelve championship game. Mm. Beat Oklahoma in the Big Twelve championship. Hard to beat game, him twice. Miss out on the playoff, but in my crazy scenario. I think you get a chance to avenge the early season loss. You get LSU again in the Sugar Bowl, mm-hmm. and you beat LSU in the Sugar Bowl to finish twelve and two with a Big Twelve that championship would, that and would Sugar be really Bowl. Sexy win. if that happens. That'd be really. That sexy. to me is the ceiling of this team. Hmm. Um, Sugar Bowl, but not New Orleans. Two loss regular season, win so the Big Twelve. Ce- it's your ceiling. My ceiling okay. is like twelve and two. Win the Big Twelve championship, oh. miss out on the playoff, but go to the Sugar Bowl and win the Sugar Bowl for the second year in a row. Okay. Um, See, the thing about, and I, I agree with you, I think 2020 a lot of people had picked when Tom Herman first came in as that being the year uh, that Texas, he can build the roster with his own recruits, shit at the quarterback in place, all that kind of stuff. But they were they were ahead of schedule. That's the thing that mixes Longhorn fans up. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They weren't supposed to be able to beat Georgia last year. They weren't supposed to be able to do that. They, like, weren't, that, they weren't supposed to be able to beat Oklahoma. To Matt's point, they weren't like supposed to be able to beat Oklahoma. Season, yeah, no, 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 good point. Hey, yeah, nobody really expected that. So, I, so they are ahead of schedule in a lot of ways, but I agree. Us arguing over the running back position tells you in itself they're still not deep enough to be national championship caliber, you know what I mean, in terms of the overall roster and, yeah. and the talented depth, as you call it. So I do I do understand that. I totally agree with you. Um, I got them. Man, I think right now I'll take them regular season. I had them at 11 wins, but now I'm looking at the depth. I guess the closer I get to the season, the more realistic I, my view may get, less optimistic. Mm-hmm. And I think now I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm looking at 10-2. and two. Because I know that's going to be a lot. I figure they'll lose at least to either LSU or <coughs> Oklahoma. And they'll play Oklahoma twice because I think I'm going to the Big 12 title. I don't know which one of those three they're going to. I know they're going to lose one of those. Like well, one of those three, LSU or two Oklahoma games. Right? They, right. There's no way they're going to go. They're gonna, if they do that, they're going to undefeat. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, they're that good. And I don't know if they're that good. That was kind yet. of my thing about one of those road games. Like right? if you win all three of those road games, you're – you're right in the mix with the playoff. Yeah, and with you saying two loss, you're saying eleven and two at this point because you're counting the the Big Twelve championship. That's I'm kind of making my way through it. So yeah, yeah. in regular season, I'm intending to going to the you know going to the Big Twelve title game. But then I said I don't know if I got them winning it or not yet because yeah. I don't know which one of those games they're going to win. And I agree with you. Tom Herman has a a Tom Herman type loss against a team that everybody expects him to beat. All right, um, and we, I mean, you can go through Tom Herman yeah, senior U of H. Oklahoma here. State. The, the more you know, I look Oak at the State, schedule, Oak State that game you can come State out of nowhere. Iowa State can scare you. Baylor can scare one. you. I could see four. I could see four teams pulling an upset in the Big Twelve Conference over Texas, and see, I wouldn't be shocked. See, here's my argument you know against I mean? Iowa State, man. I'd be shocked if Kansas or K State did it. My only Texas case is, I mean, it's late in the year on the road right. against a good team. That's just, right. That's the simplistic yeah. nature. My my, where I think if you're a Texas fan, you can feel good about Iowa State. Those three years, Tom Herman's in Ames. He's been a part of some of those Paul Rhodes staffs that like won the game. The game that people like, oh, Iowa State beat somebody they had no business beating. Yeah, Tom Herman was a part of those staffs. So he understands what the environment, that scenario. Tom Herman understands what that's all about, number one. Number two, he understands going against the Matt Campbell football team. And yeah. this is, again, why you can like their chance against Baylor. Like Tom Herman knows going against the Matt Campbell coach team and Matt, Matt Rule coach team, yeah. the type of physicality you're going to need to have to win that game. Agreed. And Texas can match that physicality. Where, where the, the two games that worry me, though, if TCU figures out what they're doing at quarterback, and by that point in the season, yeah. they've either figured out what they're doing at quarterback or it's just gone off the rails for Gary Patterson. And then again, 
mean, last year, a year where he loses to Kansas and all those injuries, they still managed to go win a bowl game. So you figure they're they're usually overachieved from where whatever you think TCU is going to do. And now that Art Bryles isn't on the schedule anymore, like this is really is the one game Gary Patterson wants to win. Like I really think Gary Patterson, not that he would be happy, but I think he would crack a smile if you oh, could yeah. tell him you go one and eleven with that ones over Texas. Mm-hmm. He'll find his way to hang. He'll find a way to hang his hat on that. Same with Matt Rule. And, 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 and the I CDC think too. Yeah, and again, the reason why the, the those two games. TCU and Oklahoma State because Mike Gundy's won the last five times he's been to Austin. He's won, I think, seven of the last nine or whatever it is. To the two most tenured coaches in the Big 12? I think that's the two best coaches in the league. Well, like, take Tom Herman out of the equation. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think those are the two best coaches in saying. the Big 12. Yeah, so I, in, right terms now, of, in terms of if you say which coach for one game can, can come out, up with a – Out-coach you and out Out-coach Tom Herman, out-scheme Todd Orlando, come up with the perfect plan to beat Texas, I think it's Gundy and Patterson. Luckily, Texas favored by 11 over Gundy early on for the games of the year. It ain't good. 11's good, though. 11 huh? double-digit favorites at least good. Well, well, I know, but I'm just saying as an underdog, I don't know. I, I, I think just give give uh, gives uh, Jeff's point a little bit more credibility. Like, yeah, that's all he needs. He needs to he needs to be counted out. I mean, yeah. he's a damn good coach. Oh, you right. always Herman, have a good product. And you know Herman I mean? as a favorite is as not said, exactly, very he knows, good, especially double digit favorite. He doesn't he doesn't cover that often. Yeah, a I mean, when you favorite. look at Herman, this yeah. is going back to 2015 with Houston, but he's 10 one and one as a dog against the spread. But as a favorite, you're still under 500. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. at Texas. As a favorite against the spread, I believe he's two and seven when favored by a touchdown or more with three outright losses. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Like, and nine I don't overall. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really like that. Yeah, you know I mean, but anyway. No, but that that's the trend that's got to change. With but that. I'm with you on that. That's why I, I think I, I think I'll take him another loss, one of those teams, and I'll go eleven and two. With I still got to win the Big Twelve though. I think they're. I think they're better. I, I do. They got to win in the Big Twelve championship. I, they're a better overall football team than Oklahoma. They are. I agree. Oklahoma's just got Lincoln Riley and. And you know, Jalen Hurts. Alex Grinch will make them better in the front defensively. In that offense. And they, yeah. they've got good players in that front with Mark Jackson, Ronnie Gallimore. Perkins. Yeah, Gallimore. They've got guys. I think you'll see the best of some of those guys. But, Rod, that doesn't change the fact that, man, your secondary talent is. Yeah, and you not lost Norwood, too, for the year. Yeah. Who's going to be your starting nickel? Yeah, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna struggle a little bit, but I think they'll be a little bit better. The offense may not be as prolific, but, man, it's Lincoln Riley. I mean, I trust that brand. So yeah. they'll be good. They'll, he'll 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 have the best of Jalen Hurts, and that's his best. That's as good as you can hope for. Preliminary line: Texas is a four point dog to Oklahoma. So yeah. you look at it's still it went in the LSU game. It went and dropped mm-hmm. from two and a half to two, back up to two and a half. So the, right now, Texas is an underdog in two games, and it's right about oh. So the LSU line changed. It's two, back up mm. to two and a half from last I saw. Okay. And if you look across the board, like this is where you're battling. Those road games where at TCU, Texas, about a six-point favorite, and then there's it used to be West Virginia was the team you might be afraid of, but yeah, without Holgerson, a really not and early I in the season. So then it's late in the year when you look at Baylor and Iowa State in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. It can be both on the road in trap situations, not even trap because they're both good teams that They're also have personal incentive, like yeah. Texas is a Super Bowl to those schools. So you add in, say, out of those road games – uh, coin flip, but you probably, if you're talking about your underdog in two and then two really tough road games late in the year against teams that yeah. are physical teams inside your conference, it's going to be hard to be able to say win half of those games. Now, that's why in Vegas right now it's looking like the sharper money is on nine wins to go nine under and nine and a half okay. instead yeah. of going ten. But that ten's enticing because yeah, if I you look you. at it, I mean, I really think Texas can beat Oklahoma this year and, and luckily get uh, LSU at home. So if you're talking about just performing against lesser teams on the road, it's some situation that actually, you know, Herman hasn't been horrible at, but to pick Texas to win two or three of those makes it a lot tougher. So it's like ten and two and nine and three is that battle that you're having. Thinking about thinking about it from this standpoint too, in terms of individual achievements and accomplishments, a two loss Texas team that beats Oklahoma twice and wins the Big Twelve, Sam Ellinger's in New York at that point, is he not? Oh, uh, yeah. you're almost you're in the college football playoff. Yeah, I would. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe you are in the college football. Oh, playoff. You beat you, Oklahoma twice. If you be or beat LSU and then beat Oklahoma. Either way, you, if, if you win those the Big three, Twelve and you're a, you and you're a two loss team, championship yeah. against those teams, and you have wins. Depends on when you lose, though. 
Oh yeah, if you have lost, you know, you can't and, and if you lose one of those, you like, can't TC... lose Baylor, Iowa State back to back, backdoor your way in, and, and you have to win. win. You have to beat Oklahoma in the Big Twelve, and like you said, you can't you can't lose late. So basically, last month of the season, you'd have to go undefeated, including the Big Twelve title. So you only if those if you do have losses, they'd have to come. If you lose, I, I LSU you could lose two games. You could lose to LSU and still make it yeah. to the college football playoff. And yeah. Oklahoma, in theory, you could lose those first two, run yeah, the table, and win the Big Twelve. At I think the, the end. Pa- I think Rod, I think the Pac twelve is getting to the playoff this year. Yeah, you got Oregon Whether and Washington. Whether it's Oregon, Washington, Utah, I think one of those yeah, three teams. Gets I like in. Utah too. Yeah, I, I like I like Oregon. I think a one loss. I think oh, I think I could be dead wrong. And no, but Oregon's feel free there. to run this back if I am. I think Oregon's going to curb stomp Auburn on Saturday. I could believe that, but Auburn's D line, we'll see. It's all yeah, but to, Oregon's got like three legit NFL yeah, guys on their offensive line. No, it'll be just, it'll, it's actually and one, one of the best quarterbacks in the it's country. Worth the rest one of the, of the best pack line. 12. Line matchups in the country all year, you'll see. And yeah. it's where the rest of the Pac-12 will ultimately sort of decide how much creditation we give to the Pac-12 champion. And, you know, if you're a undefeated one, you're in. But when we're starting to battle out one yeah, yeah, loss yeah. teams, I like agree. the Pac-12 really does. And hurt Matt, you if, as you're, overall conference. if you're if you're if what you're talking about, can a, could a two-loss Big 12 champion? Let's assume it's Texas. Could they be in the mix for a playoff? I think at that point you're looking at okay, how strong if that Pac-12 champion has one loss? How how strong is that one loss? You look at a program like Notre Dame. Like Notre Dame, as easy as their schedule is, in theory, looking at it right now, Rod, I think Notre Dame's got to go undefeated to get into the CFP. I don't think a one loss Notre Dame team yeah. gets in because because USC's down. They got some people that are down on their schedule. Right. You got Clemson, Bama. Yeah. You got the Big Ten champion, and then you have the battle. And, and but then what happens if something like if Georgia and Alabama are both undefeated going to the SEC championship game? Like, it is the, I'm, I'm assuming the loser of that game is still one of the best four teams in the country. Yeah, it all depends on the resume of the Big 12 champion and the yeah. Pac-12 champion. Yeah. yeah, like you said, then it'll be just a side between three. But then and then you're starting to go down to common opponents. Like, if Texas yeah. loses to LSU, but Georgia and Alabama both have wins over LSU. Like, that's the kind of... That's the kind of stuff you get into it could get in a match scenario where you but say you know what? what chances is a two-loss It wouldn't Texas surprise have. me because I've always said – I've said this Texas team kind of reminds me of when I first started doing sports radio in 08. And I and all the talk and a lot of the – it reminds me of that group in a lot of ways, a ton of ways. Even, I, I wrote mm-hmm. that story yesterday. Right, yeah, saying, even yeah. like the, you know, the uncertainty about how good – if the defense was going to be any good and, you know, the transcendent – uh, like off season of Sam Ellinger, people mm-hmm. talking more about the intangibles, not about physically how to. To your people, point, people just, talking about Cole McCoy, like this dude's a leader, man. He's yeah. unbelievable. And you're like, damn, what is he doing? Just yeah. how, just how people can look at numbers, numbers, and, yeah. and, and kind of skew them, and you really got to study them. Uh, Texas only brought back four defensive starters from that 2007 defense. That still, still to this day, is the worst defense in school history in terms of opponent completion percentage allowed in a season and pass defense in a season. That was yeah. a horrible 2007 defense. Yeah, yeah. And one of, the, one of those stories you lost, you lost an All-American defensive tackle with Frank Ocam, Rob. Right? We talk about mm-hmm. the central nervous system of the yeah. defense. You were starting two freshman, freshman safeties. safeties. Yeah. You know, you kick Lamar Houston, you Very kick similar. Lamar Houston down that experiment, kick him inside, mm-hmm. you know, from in yeah. to tackle. A lot of uncertainty. Yeah. And and then in a first what? year defensive coordinator. You yeah, know how well my champ exactly. was. And then do. by the end of the Texas OU game in a month, you were like, Man, we're the best team in the nation. Like, and then that it, quickly can transform. And then it ended up you barely missed the, the BCS because and it shows you did <laughs> it win late yep. in yeah. the season. Yeah. You have to win late in the season. Yeah. And late we in the season saying, is what's rude, Texas. Yeah. That's the main thing with Texas is how you can afford to lose a game early this year to say LSU. You or Oklahoma and still survive. The yeah. problem is the wrong thing with Texas that year, just because of the way the schedule played out. You lost late in the season after Oklahoma lost, yeah. and that's just going to be fresher on the voters' minds because that's how it always has sort of worked out. It's human nature to be that way. And you're talking about that parallel from that 07 to 08. It's crazy too because, like you said, the transformation and everybody. Colt McCoy was this leader that a year ago wasn't even known if he was going to be your quarterback, and that's where yeah, we were with Sam Ellinger too, and the way that he was treated in camp and it was the same way that even beforehand you had always had the Sneed and McCoy situation to even Childs and then it ended up nope it's Colton and it's go Colt go. Yeah. So a couple minutes left on the show this week let's talk about Louisiana Tech. Rod let's do it. I asked Tom Herman in the Monday press conference about preparing when you look at the Texas offense against the La Tech defense and you got a first year coordinator in Bob Diaco who hasn't called defensive signals since 2017, and that was one year at Nebraska. In Nebraska, and to find him as a coordinator, you got to go back to his time at Notre Dame. Before was he a co DC there? Was he, was he calling the plays? Because I, I can't at Nebraska. I, and no, at, at Notre Dame, was he like a? 
No, he was the DC by he himself. Was the, yeah. He was the one calling the plays? Okay. Yeah. All right. That year sure. where they had Manti Teo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. That, that was Bob Diaco. I think he won the Broyles Award that year, if I remember mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I asked Tom Herman, I said, well, when, you, when you've got an opener and a first-year defensive coordinator, like, what do you look at? Like, how far back do you go? And he said, really, you look at a little bit of everything. They're yep. looking at even Oklahoma, some Oklahoma stuff from last year. They're looking at UConn stuff, Nebraska stuff. I don't he know if you go look they, at Notre Dame stuff. Yeah, Larry Fedora working overtime. But he said basically, <laughs> basically that's kind of on Todd Orlando to look at – or not Todd Orlando, but look at Tim Beck and, and schematically kind of what they might do. That's Tim Beck and, and, Tom, and Tom Herman are going to yeah. do that. Just in terms of okay, schematically, coverage-wise, what might uh, that look like? But it's on the position coaches to go over personnel and say this is what their linebackers look like. If you're Herb Hand, hey, this is what their D line look. And, and Louisiana Tech's reloading you know, their D line. They lose Jalen Ferguson. Lose everybody gotta, off their D line. Reload their entire defensive line. But their back seven is the back seven ain't bad. Uh, Amik, Ro- Amik nice. Robertson's a guy that's going to have a chance to play in the NFL. Yeah, I, I yeah I like their matter of fact. I think all of their their two. Return their two starting safeties return and their two starting corners return. Yeah, and Snead, I think, was a guy they moved from corner to safety. I yeah, think he made in the made spring. That they said he's the transition's been smooth, and you know, I love guys that do that because that means my safety can cover. I think Snead, you know I mean? Snead I can, and I can Robertson put him at safety and just leave him out there as a guy that can cover as a safety if I need to. Yeah, Snead and Robertson, both those guys are going to have a chance, I think, to play in the NFL. Um, but Rod, with the issues we talked about at running back, to me, this is a game where if you're Herb Hand of that Texas offensive line, you can come out and make a statement and, and make life easy on Sam Ellinger, make like make life easy on those two running backs and an inexperienced Louisiana Tech defensive line, and just go out and just mash people from the get go. Yeah, I agree with that. You should be able to dominate up front. That's their biggest weakness. You don't want to get in a situation, you know, and they, I think last year, one thing they did really well was forcing teams into third and long. When they got into uh, third and long situation, I believe they would force opponents to an average of seven, third and seven or seven plus yards to go, which is really good. And, you know, if you're Texas, you want to avoid those situations. You want to avoid third and long so you don't have to throw against this secondary. They actually do have a couple of guys that can rush the passer. Um, so you don't want to get in a situation where they can pin their ears back and you're predictable or throwing up against that secondary because I think that's the strength of the team, not just the defense. That's the strength of the whole team. Yeah, yeah. to add to your point, uh, third down distance average was 8.2 against them last year, which is 15th in the nation. So they oh, were wow. That was way better. Not, okay, yeah. And I, ended up being a third and long success rate was 20% of the time, so they were top 29. So not only did they make them go a lot, but then they were top – 30 in the nation and actually preventing them from getting that conversion. So Matt, I hate that's to what they're good at. So I hate to put you, you want to avoid. I hate to put you on the spot, but uh, looking at LaTeX numbers, what were they in takeaways last year? Oh, uh, well, turnover rate. Right? Hmm. Let me flip over to one other side, but they're pretty decent it looks like. Let me go down. Yeah. To the last year they weren't I mean, they I, they were they were the defense that was. I think they finished the year turnover margin something like plus three or something yeah. like that. No, they they made some plays on defense. You go back and watch. They got. I think their I think their back seven is actually really really talented. Yeah, like I said, Amik Robertson and Lejarius Sneed are two guys that yeah you know, could play played a lot of places. So um, I, I, so yeah, if you're it, it'll be a challenge in a sense for for Texas because I know Texas doesn't you know they don't want to be you know predictable and you want to be multi-dimensional um but i'm with you they should be able to push this defensive line around yeah if they can't that may be a sign of bigger issues this offensive right. line is not as good as we thought right uh and to that point rod tom herman said even you know the bob diaco situation at clouds where he said they might not have you know as many calls or as many things available as they would in a normal opener when you really don't know exactly what you're going to see, you might just kind of limit yourself a little bit. So this I can goes, see that. This goes back to maybe that gamesmanship. Maybe yeah. now that that forces them to hold some things back that they otherwise would be tempted to put on tape for LSU. Yeah, because it could, it could, you know, you don't know what Bob Diaco's you know going to present, so he could expose some things that you don't really mean for him to expose. You know what I mean? I think ultimately this is what Texas is going to do. They're going to rely on two things. They're going to rely on their power running game because they should be a theoretically to be able to move those guys and push the pile and reset the line of scrimmage. Yeah. And after that, 
deep balls. I think they will take their shots. And taking shots, you can stress the defense, and you don't have to really reveal much. If they end up in one-on-one on a Colin Johnson or a John Bird or a Devin DuVernay, and they'll trust their corners every now and then to be, one, be yeah. one-on-one. They will because they got, they got good secondary guys. They do, yeah. yeah, and they have to because they got to put more guys in the box to stop that Texas running game. And when they do that, Texas takes their shots. And that's what I think Texas is going to try to separate themselves. But it'll be, it'll, it'll be a risk, man, because they're going up against really good guys in the secondary. It'll be and a good I, test for them. And I think any time you're talking about an opener, Tom Herman mentioned this also, Rod, penalties and turnovers, you just want to limit those as much as possible. Just try to play as clean of a game as you can. They've done a good job in the scrimmages. Remember, that's what yeah. Tom Herman, I think, has, in the last three scrimmages, he's remarked each time how much they've uh, improved on taking care of the football. And now it's time to put that into use in a game situation. Looking at the other side of the coin <laughs> of the Texas defense against the La Tech offense, Rod, this is the matchup that if I'm nervous about anything as a Texas fan looking at this going into this game, this is where you should probably be a little bit nervous because La Tech does have an offense with a veteran quarterback with J.M.R. Smith. You know, Adrian Hardy, Tom Herman said he could probably play just about anywhere in the country. 1,000-yard wide receiver. Yeah. And their offensive line from a talent standpoint – uh, you know, I think Texas fans that follow recruiting really closely, uh, you know, they'll see some names on that offensive line uh, that they'll probably recognize. Yeah, they got a transfer from LSU. Yeah, right? uh, and um, then Dwight Stallworth was a guy that yeah. Texas kind of kicked the tires on as as a JUCO guy. So, um, yeah, Willie Allen. Yeah, is his Willie name. Allen was a pretty highly recruited guy. Uh, Tyler Juco? Uh, yeah, but I think he was John Curtis High School in Louisiana. Okay. Then was LSU. Then yeah. JC. He was like the player of the year, one of the JUCO. Ranks. So. All that said, I think Louisiana Tech's going to be much better along the offensive line. Now, how does that translate relative to you know a good offensive line Texas is going to see in the Big 12? I don't know, but they're going to be better. Uh, they're banking on Jay Moore Smith to take a step forward. You know, Adrian Hardy's the kind of guy that can beat you deep, Rod. And you look, I think there's like four or five of Louisiana Tech's returning wide receivers that last year had a catch of 50 yards or more. Yeah. So you know this is an offense that if you're not careful, if you're lackadaisical, if you don't have things tight on the back end and you're not getting pressure on the quarterback – you know they can take mm-hmm. the top off of you and beat you deep. And considering how Maryland gashes defense each of the last two years with explosive plays, especially last year, like if you really take out the four chunk yardage plays, two on the ground, two in the air that Maryland got, they were averaging something like around three, three and a half yards a play. Yeah. If you take those four out, those four plays, it was just, I think three of them were touchdowns and one of them set up another That's score. Sweet. So that really was the difference in the ball game was just your inability to prevent explosive plays. And that goes exactly to what Rod was saying earlier about how this is the type of team that he expects to go and take those risks. And I saw a good study this year done, and it literally was by, by the guy that works with ESPN now, Bill Connor but talking about how you really you had always thought sort of that you could look at every team and then sort of make it be predictable as if uh, explosive plays were predictable and found out that necessarily success rate in staying on change, moving the ball, and that is something that is correlated to how good your offense is. But you can almost find out that explosive plays and big plays really has no correlation to how good your offense is. Now, you do have a frequency of more, but the main thing to think about it is the risk-reward is there for those lesser teams to do it yeah. even more frequently yeah. because of the payoffs there, and the numbers even bear it out that, no, you should be just as fearful against these teams of those type of plays because that's the only way that they have to beat you, and if a coach understands oh, yeah. that, he'll take advantage of it. We forgot, man, Tulsa had some big explosive plays on Texas. In that oh, fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah, yeah, fourth quarter had like three, four deep balls they threw on Texas. Luke Skipper going Yeah, deep. exactly, and, and honestly, and what happened in that game, right? Texas is up by three touchdowns, and then and yep. honestly, oh, ends up Big being play, a one score game. A turnover. Yeah, it's all you need. So yeah, I think you do got if, if you're I mean, if you're Louisiana Tech, you got nothing to lose. No. You know what I mean? So they're coming yeah. in with that mentality. That's always dangerous. So as and, we get as we get to prediction time, uh twenty the Texas is a twenty and a half point favorite to the start of the week. Matt, that as of right now that hasn't moved. Nope, hasn't as far moved. as you can tell. Okay. Twenty and a half. Twenty and a half. Uh, Ooh, that's for, a big number. For those right, as you say, the FIPO line, if you need that, uh, I believe fifty five, Matt, fifty five and a half, depending 55 on across the board, except one book has a fifty five and a half. There so. you go. So that's right where, at about a thirty eight seventeen mm, game is okay, for you your FIPO out. line for entertainment purposes only. Okay. Um right. Rod, as we get in this game, going back to your point that you made just a minute ago about you know Texas needing to kind of step on the throat when they've got a chance. To me, that's kind of the theme for this team. You talk about the 08 team. Just because you're inexperienced in some areas doesn't give you an excuse to lack maturity. And I think this team, especially with those five captains, I think it's a mature team. If you're looking for anything as a Texas fan, I think just look and see that. If Texas controls this game with the starters in there, if there's no let up, they've got their foot mashed to the floorboard the entire time, 
regardless of whether La Tech gets a backdoor cover or something like that, I think you can feel as a Texas fan good about that performance going into the LSU game. Play a clean game. Don't get anybody hurt and make it uh, as uninteresting as quickly as you can. Yep. Early the three objectives for Texas. Um, I'll take Texas to cover, guys, cover that 20 and a half. Barely. Uh, I'll go with like a 41-20 Texas win over Louisiana Tech. Okay. like that. Mm, okay. You want to go next year? I'll go, uh, I'll go over there? 38 to, oh, man. You know what? I'm going 38-14. So, yeah, I'll go cover two. Okay. Yeah, and no, I was thinking right along those lines. Oh, yeah. And when you look at Texas, like, say, Herman at Texas on the over-under aspect of things, he only went over nine times, under 18 times. Even at Houston, mm. had went over less than he's went under. It was, like, I believe five and eight and five and seven. You look at Louisiana Tech, they're the same case the last two years, 10 over, 16 under. So both sort of trend that way. The thing that scares me is the amount of plays that both teams want to fit in can make it go over pretty quickly so it all just sort of comes down to how good the texas defense is yeah. and i think that since you already know louisiana tech had a good or respectable defense last season and then they may be improved on offense which may mean that they can actually hold on to the ball a little bit more it makes it trend towards a more defensive game so i think it might barely okay. shade under but i think texas definitely be able to cover and win but maybe just not as many points as you think which maybe isn't as big of an issue but fans may think because if you yeah, don't get around think. that 35 40 point threshold yeah, right. or France then fans out. start freaking out but yeah i think it'll be something like a 35 to 13 game somewhere along those lines and, and file this away too just how formidable of an opponent and a program la tech is as a group of five school their last 11 games against Power 5 teams, Rod, 1-10, but 7-4 against the spread mm. with that one outright win, and they did cover in Baton Rouge last year. Yeah, they were in that game until the They played the a good quarter. game against LSU. Yeah. yeah, Hardy, I think, had 10 receptions and two touchdowns the receiver did against LSU. Jamar Smith, the quarterback, arguably had his best game versus LSU. Well, yeah. I mean, in theory, yeah. Texas is the type of situation where LaTeX gets up for LSU. Like, that's your in-state. These are kids you grew that's up around. Point. The thing, though, a lot of these Texas kids are, like, from Houston, and, like, these are the same areas, and you've went to the same type Very of true. camps and are familiar with each other. So the way that they view a school like Texas may be quite similar, to, even though it's not an in-state rivalry. No, all right, so the three of us are taking Texas to win and cover. And cover, baby. All right, a little pause for the cause right here. One more break on the show, but when we come back, we will wrap this thing up and put it in the oven and get you ready for kickoff on this edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. Honey, I just switched the family to Boost Mobile, and we got so much more. Awesome. Like what? We got four free LG Stylo 5 phones for the whole family. Four lines for just $100 a month with unlimited gigs. I smashed up the car a bit. And they have a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Whoa, four free LG... Wait, back up. Did you just say you... Four free LG Stylo 5 phones? Yep. No, no. Something about the car? Oh, you mean Boost super reliable, super fast network. Before that, the car smashing thing. What? The smashing deal we got? Four lines for $100 a month? No. Between the four lines for $100 a month and the unlimited gigs part, you said I smashed up the car a bit. I did. It's completely smashed. We need a new vehicle. But four free phones. Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Offer for new customers only. Ends 916.19. First line is $100 a month. Lines 2 to 4 free. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. Mobile optimized data. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. Hey, Dad, want to shoot some hoops? 
In a bit, buddy. I promise. Allegra knows that allergy symptoms can get in the way of enjoying the moment. I'll just play by myself. For outdoor and indoor allergies, get Allegra. It's the fastest non-drowsy allergy relief. It starts working in one hour, helping you break through your worst allergy symptoms with continuous 24-hour relief. Yes! Great shot, buddy. Let's play another game. You're on, Dad. Get Allegra and get back to the moment. Among single-ingredient OTC-branded oral antihistamines. Use as directed. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief on symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. (coughs) Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist. The only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Honey, I just switched the family to Boost Mobile and we got so much more. Awesome. Like what? We got four free LG Stylo 5 phones for the whole family. Four lines for just $100 a month with unlimited gigs. I smashed up the car a bit. And they have a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Oh, four free LG... Wait, back up. Did you just say you... Four free LG Stylo 5 phones? Yep. No, no. Something about the car? Oh, you mean Boost super reliable, super fast network. Before that, the car smashing thing. What? The smashing deal we got? Four lines for $100 a month? No. Between the four lines for $100 a month and the unlimited gigs part, you said I smashed up the car a bit. I did. It's completely smashed. We need a new vehicle. But four free phones. Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Offer for new customers only. Ends 916.19. First line is $100 a month. Lines 2 to 4 free. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. Mobile optimized data. Coverage and offers not available everywhere. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. This is a cow. A cow whose milk became everyone's favorite cheese at the craft fair. But cheese only lasts so long. The impression a small business makes needs to last much longer. That's why Vistaprint is offering 500 truly personalized business cards starting at $9.99. Choose from hundreds of fresh designs tailored to your type of company. Or upload your own. The choice is yours. The time is now. Get 500 business cards starting at $9.99 with promo code 8282. That's promo code 8282 at vistaprint.com. Vistaprint. Own the now. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. Next week, oh, oh, sweet eight-pound baby Jesus and your golden fleece diapers <laughs> next week. We get to be talk about LSU. the college football world. Yes, Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videographer in the podcast game. For everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 1049, 1019, AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get Longhorn Blitz twice a week, once 7 o'clock Tuesday nights and the other time, the second time, uh, right after Longhorn Weekly with Tom Herman on Thursdays. And you can get Rod B. on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. You can get this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget to like us and leave us a review. And thanks to Matt, you can get all of our archives, classic interviews, classic shows on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.